श्री गुरु वैष्णव गुरु परंपरा की जाए श्री श्री गौराध माधव की जाए गौर भक्तवृंद की जाए गौर प्रेम नंदे We return to our discussion from Sri Bhakti Vasamrita Sindhu. Bhakti Vasamrita Sindhu ki jai. Sri Rupa Goswami Prabhupada ki jai. And we're discussing the nature of Bhava Bhakti and within that the characteristics of one who has attained the Babanku or the sprout, the beginning of Bhava Bhakti. There are nine of these characteristics which I... Uh, describe as being, for the most part, observable. Hmm. So that's very useful for us. Hmm. The inner experience of someone may be what it is, but it's difficult for us to verify that objectively. Not that objective verification is the be-all and end-all of knowing and determining the truth about any particular experience, but nonetheless, that's thinking <laughs> in the modern world to a large extent. And and it does carry some weight, obviously. And so we're fortunate that Rupa Goswami has detailed these these characteristics by which we can have a gauge as to whether or not someone has uh, attained such a uh, exalted stage of bhakti, the middle stage, bhakti and ecstasy, from bhakti and practice to bhakti and ecstasy to bhakti in love of God, sadhana bhakti, bhava bhakti, and prem bhakti. <clears throat> and so we've heard what about, um, uh, as I was saying, some some of the characteristics were kind of on the lower end, viraktir, detachment. Hmm and uh, forbearance and not wasting time. And then we started the shift, I don't want to say lower, but uh, they were, in a, in a sense, characteristics, not wasting time, not attached, um, um, forbearing, um, um, not letting things get in the way forbearance would be the idea to some uh, characteristics that seem to have more of a positive content first of which was uh, ashabanda so hope against hope hope against hope so hope is positive <laughs> and so the devotee in Hindava is filled with the hope and hope is based on his her understanding of the very merciful nature of Sri Krishna. Hmm? And so there's confidence, hope, confidence. This is different, as I said, from pride. Hmm? So great devotees will have a confidence in the merciful nature, the kindness of Krishna, his disposition, affection towards his devotees, and uh, he's overlooking the faults of his devotee. As he states very emotionally in, in, in the ninth <coughs> chapter of the Bhagavad Gita, as he, in the context of their speaking about Ananya Bhakti and, and uh, 
later part of the chapter and um, his love for his devotees, his affection for them. Examples are there. We've cited um, a statement of Uddhava, as we like to often, with regard to Krishna's affectionate nature, overlooking the faults, the intentions even of Putana. Hmm. And uh, the fact that she was dressed like a devotee and offered her her breast, even though it was tipped with poison. <laughs> he overlooked that, her intention. So this is very kind, generous. And knowing this, really knowing this, hmm, one has hope. Hmm. And in the context of knowing that about Krishna, one knows about oneself also. And how his or her material qualities have no currency uh, no, no value there for no purchasing power in the world beyond uh, death hmm. in the land of nectar in the Chintamani Dham our material qualifications have no purchasing power and, and inherently in our constitution as a jiva hmm, neither do we have the kind of ananda or bliss that we find in that realm that has the power to not only dispel the shadow of Maya deftly, hmm, with a backhand, so to speak, but to to overwhelm Krishna. We don't have that power. Otherwise we wouldn't be in this situation. That's why they are not. That's why they are ragatmikas. And we are hope, our hope lies in raganuga. Hmm? Anuga means to follow. So follow the rag of those in whom the rag is inborn, they're of a different type of, of entity, if you will, different type of soul. So the entourage of Krishna embodying these various um, um, sentiments and through the, through the Guru Parampara, the opportunity to, to imbibe those comes to us. So we're fortunate our material qualities don't give us the uh, don't qualify us for entering there. In our spiritual constitution, hmm, in and of itself, does not. We have the power to live there, nonetheless, if we are so blessed as to be get, get get an invitation, hmm, and then to take advantage of that invitation. That's called sadhana. Hmm. So. Having taken advantage of that and coming to know that there really is someone on the other end, the Bhagavad Gita is, uh, I said, a letter, a love letter, uh, you know, inviting us, so to speak. Hmm. There's really someone on the other end writing there. Hmm. Writes with a flute. Hmm. Om is said to be the original sound coming from the Krishna's flute from which the Vedas begin. Pranavom Kar. So, um, so knowing that the devotee has great hope, and with that we come to um, the next quality, which also, in terms of its being um, explained by example, involves the playing of Krishna's flute, as it turns out. Ata Samutkanta, he says. Longing is now defined. So longing, 
obviously has a positive context, longing for something, for, for the attainment, the preoccupation is with um, Bhagawan and a particular ideal in relation to him, particular service. And this, in, in a overarching sense, it really defines uh, Baba Bhakti, longing. The sadhana bhakti has some longing, obviously, because we practice makes perfect, as we say in English. And as Narutam sings, and it's stated in many other places, what uh, what we what we do on our sadhana that will be determined determine our sadhya. In Vedanta Sutra, for example, in the fourth adhyay, the final section of uh, uh, the commentary of Baladeva Jibhusa and our Gaudiya commentary. It's entitled Govinda Basha. The fourth adhyay or division chapter, which has its own four divisions as the others do. Um, there's one, two, three, and four adhyayas and they have the four divisions within them. Uh, the fourth is about prayojan, so about the goal, the attainment. And uh, there in about... Twelfth verse or so, twelfth sutra. There's a description of the the, uh, the possibility with with in the attainment of mukti, as which is a very much an Upanishadic word. Prem is not really Upanishadic word, and the sutras are all explaining the the Upanishads and so forth. So the mukta hmm, uh, has the opportunity to attain a form the spiritual form, or he could or she could attain a formless um, status in liberated life. Hmm. These options are there. First, that this may be in the fourth, fourth, is it in the fourth section of the fourth? Anyway, it's in the fourth yeah, I forget which section, but uh, that section begins with the idea that that the the devotee attains his or her own swarup, not an artificial or add-on or something like that. That's a section that's misunderstood by a lot of devotees because what the word swarup is meaning there, which it often means in this in the texts, is he attains a nature that is his own. In other words, the, the, the jiva has a nature. It's a unit of satchitananda. It's, it's, it, it, it has a size. Say it's one ten thousandth tip of the hair. I mean, just really, really small. Hmm. But it's it's infinitesimal in one sense, but it's very small. But it, but it has a size, nonetheless, it, in, in that it's differentiated from another jiva, surupabhak. Hmm. It has a... a its own nature, and it's, it's, it means it's uniform. Hmm. Some devotees think, oh, see, it means that it has its swarup, his, his spiritual body, hmm, for lila, inherent in the jiva, and upon attaining liberation, he attains that. But, as I say, as we read on in the chapter, if you follow the next verse, and the next verse, and the next verse, it's clearly not, that's what it's not speaking about. But it attains its own nature. Hmm? It, 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 the, the false nature 
the covering of material nature is uncovered. Hmm? It doesn't go there in an extraneous form. Extraneous mm-hmm. form. It goes into its own nature, which is of the nature of light and so forth. Hmm? And as the sutras go on, and, and Baladev's commentary, um, we find then, shortly thereafter, the, the possibility of, of, of the mukta in his own swarup nature hmm, is twofold. He can have a formless or a, a liberation or for Leela he can have a, have a form. Hmm? And Baladev comments, and if he wants a form, then hmm, the, the desire for this and the practice for this hmm, has to start in sadhana bhakti. Hmm? So, with good help, you can idealize, nishta, make my goal, hmm? Hmm. learn about this, and so on and so forth. Hmm? What you practice, practice makes perfect. So what you desire in sadhana appropriately is what you will attain. When I say appropriately, I'm differentiating between the condition of Baba that overall is a longing condition, lola samayi, filled with longing. Hmm? Whereas sadhana, there is some longing, and that's what I'm saying, hmm? especially in the higher stages of... of um, Sadhana bhakti, nishta, ruchi, asakti. Now we have longings. Unfortunately, the, before attaining nishta, that uh, are uh, not favorable to bhakti. So, um, if, if they're canceled out, hmm, we still have longings. Now we start to long in the other direction, but appropriate longing, and so for therefore the longing, in one sense, in sadhana bhakti is is for in the early stage, it is for, is for surrendering and developing and condensing and firming one's faith. Hmm? And so there are prayers like this, and the Sharis have generously um, shared those kind of prayers for Sharanagati, for example. Hmm? But obviously, as I say, as the stages of sadhana are a little higher than the, 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 the longing in the positive direction for the ideal... When Mahaprabhu says, I don't have any other desire, any material desire, I only desire bhakti. In Ruchi, as I said, this is this, this, there's specificity there. Hmm. So, um, that said, here we're talking about Baba Bhakti, and it is Saranagati. Saranagati is in place, so there's only longing. In Sadhana Bhakti, we're longing for Saranagati. Hmm. And as it's, as it's put in place, then longing for the ideal hmm, also comes to bear down and, and play a role in our practice. Hmm. And uh, we heard it the other day, and I quoted it the other day. And Prabhupada was asked by Hamsadutta, "What if you want to be feel like you know you want to be the friend of Krishna, and uh, and uh, but really you're only a blade of grass?" He said. Prabhupada said, "No, no, no. Hmm. yes, it's good." <laughs> You should be the friend of Krishna. And if it's coming, then then it is to be cultivated. And, but what if that's not who you really are? No, what you really are will come, he's saying. Of course, it's, people can misconstrue and so forth and think, I'm thinking I should be a blade of grass, but no, 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 no. <laughs> that's not really. 
the option there. Hmm? So there's a place for that in sadhana bhakti, hmm? under the guidance of guru, Vaishnava, and so forth. Hmm? But bhava bhakti is overall characterized by the long here, which is one of the characteristics that are being described. Hmm? And as I say, it has a very positive kind of uh, context. So, uh, what is said, um, what about it, is that its definition, having intense greed for attaining the service of the Lord. I guess there's a difference between intense greed and greed, huh? (laughs) So I think there's not uh, that much difference. Greed is said to be loba, is said to be the qualification for ragbhakti, shraddha filled with loba. Shraddha mai means shraddha filled mai with loba, with longing to follow in the footsteps of the inhabitants of Vrindavan. Of course, um, Mukunda Goswami, one of the commentators on Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, says that this longing to follow in the footsteps of the inhabitants of Braj is more rare, to uh, rarely attained than the bhava in Vaidhi Bhakti. So he puts a lot of weight on it what, it, what it means in the full sense of the term. And it's obviously fully in place in what we call, uh, well, Bhava Bhakti with Rati. There's Ajata Rati. Without Rati, Krishna Das Kaviraj used the terms, there is Bhava Bhakti, uh, uh, what do you say, um, the, um, the culture of Rag Bhakti with Bhava and before having attained Bhava, or Jiva Goswami uses the terms Ajata Ruchi, Raganuga Bhakti, without Ruchi, and horse with Ruchi. Hmm? Um, so, <coughs> intense greed is one thing, a little greed is another thing, a little greed, so we could be, and we are, Raganuga Sadakas, but without, but our Rag is more the basis of knowledge, hmm? understanding of its virtues and so forth. Some attraction, of course, is there. We're not, we won't have the same feeling coming before the deity of Narayan as it will coming before the deities of Radha Madhava. You can try it. Hmm? You won't have the same feeling. So it means you're making progress. It means you've been graced without knowing it. You're, you've been blessed by Rag Bhakta without realizing. Many of Prabhupada's disciples, of course, didn't even know the, know the term and so forth. And he wasn't one to talk that much about it either, but you can see, we were blessed by it. Go and test it out. Go and stand before Narayan. Or, where some of the devotees, they, they like that in the Shringa day, but he's Krishna, <laughs> as we said. But standing before Radha and Krishna, this is another thing. It's a different feeling to the devotees. Hmm? So this is our ideal in Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Hmm. Um, so some interest in this, some some feeling for that, and based on knowledge of the uh, nature of the sampradaya and so forth. So, uh, we may call ourselves rag bhaktas, that whose rag is not driven entirely, or even prominently perhaps, by taste. Hmm. But that will come in due course. So. 
A little greed is one thing. Intense greed for attaining the Lord. This is different. This is what we find in Bhav Bhakti, which again, in an overarching sense, is characterized by by longing. Hmm. And to give to exemplify this, or to give us an, I should say, to give us an example, um, Rupa Goswami quotes a verse. This is Atakrishna Karnamritam. In the Krishna Karnamrita, he cites a verse. I will read the English to you. I long to see the young Krishna who enchants the universe with his bent black eyebrow brows with his thick eyelashes and his attractive shifty eyes, with his soft words which melt the heart, with his sweet lips and with intoxicating sound emanating from the clear notes of his flute. Vishnu Chakritakur comments, My eyes long for the form of Krishna which enchants the universe. This expresses his desire to see the Lord. How does that Lord look? He has two dark eyebrows, slightly curved. What else? His eyelashes are beautiful with densely growing, strong hairs. His sweet lips are intensely red. The clear sounds emanating from his flute are intoxicating. So the Krishna Karnamrita is um, a well-known book. And the uh, history of its being uh, in important in our sampradaya um, is described by Krishna Skabiraj Goswami and Chaitanya Charitamrita with uh, his own two lotus hands, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu um, copied the book which was the system in those days they didn't have presses in his trip to South India and returned with it to Puri with, along with the fifth chapter of the Chaitanya, of the, excuse me, the Brahma Samhita. There is more to the Brahma Samhita than the fifth chapter, and there's more to the Krishna Karnamrita than the first hundred or hundred and twelve, I think it is, verses that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu brought. Hmm? But this, those that we are primarily uh, concerned with, and that's what you'll see, largely translations of. Hmm? Um, and Mahaprabhu said much about both of them, both of these books. He said that all the tattva, all the siddhanta of Gaudiya Vaishnava is found in this Brahma Samhita. And there we find, of course, in Brahma Samhita, Krishna, Tastu Bhagavan Swayam, Krishna sorted out from Brahmadishu, Murti, Kala, uh, all the different Vishnu uh, tattva. He's different from Ganesh, who he is in relation to Ganesh, in relation to Shiva, who he is in, in relation to Durga, in relation to Brahma all the gods and goddesses and so forth. It's all explained. Govinda Madhi Purusham, again and again, promises to Mahambhajami. He lives in Golok, hmm? the nature of Golok, and uh, and uh, how the material world uh, expands and how to get there, also to some extent. But uh, the, the, the fact that Krishna is the source of all avatars is very much prominently brought out in this uh, fifth chapter of Brahma Samhita, and this is the kind of key point. Jiva Goswami called it the Paribas Sutra. I'd like to call it the password to entering into the tattva of Srimad Bhagavatam. Hmm? 
And so it's the tattva hub around which it, it, it orbits. And uh, then about Krishna Karna Amrita, he said, and here's the bhava, in the full sense of the term that uh, Gaudiya Vaishnavism, that his teaching is about. He relished this very much, Krishna Karnamrita. The book itself um, is written by Bilva Mangal Thakur, who's later <coughs> was uh, dubbed Lila Sukha. Hmm. Lila Sukha's, it's a, it's a way of comparing him to Sukadeva Goswami. Hmm. Lila Sukha, and it, with, a, with a preoccupation for the Leelas of Radha and Krishna. He was himself a scholar, obviously, this is a Sanskrit uh, text, poetic text, Rasa Shastra, hmm? so full of ornamental language and so forth. And uh, he, was a, he was a Sanskrit scholar, and there's a question, of course, about when he... Um, appeared in the world, and um, I believe in the second hundred verses of the um, Krishna Karnamrita, it's mentioned there by him in his verse that that he had written many books of poetry, and uh, the goddess Saraswati danced on his tongue, but his all was in vain, all for just making a living, keeping himself alive. Hmm. And now, to live in a real sense, hmm, without concern for birth and death, in eternity, he's using his Sanskrit abilities to speak his heart in Krishna Karnamrita. In other words, all the other books he wrote could be thrown out. Hmm. And, um, And some of... Bilva Mangaltakur's writing hmm, is, uh, I think it's it's cited by Bopadev, a famous commentator on the Bhagavatam from 13th century. Hmm. And so, while there are arguments that he appeared earlier and so forth, this is pretty conclusive. Hmm, that Bopadev has cited his books in the 13th century. And um, and it's thought by some that he came from the South, and he did, of course, but um, many ident- uh, identify him with Padmanabh Chetra in Kerala. But Krishna's Kaviraj finds him on the banks of Krishna, Krishna something, river. Mahaprabhu found his book there and so forth and, and so on. Krishna Das himself was very moved by the book, hmm, the following and the inspiration of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, and he wrote his own commentary on it. Hmm. Previous to him, Gopal Bhatta Goswami wrote a commentary on it, and one Chaitanya Das, who falls in between the two of them in terms of the, the um, generations of devotees. Hmm. So it's been given considerable, as I say, attention from the followers of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And um, the story of his life is very compelling, of course, as well. Bilba Mangal Thakur uh, speaks about it in his first verse in a kind of a coded way. And um, 
by offers respects to three different gurus, Chintamani, Somagiri, and what is it? Tikipucha, the peacocked, crowned fellow, which is Krishna. So um, the story goes that uh, he, I think it was still in the last day of the morning of the passing of his father, hmm, which the social custom of the time was, you know, you go a certain period of mourning and then you again become a public figure. The last day of the morning, evening of the morning, last evening of the morning of his father's passing, he was taken by passion. It seems to just to stress the point here, it's not a good time for that and it's really out of place. Hmm? Uh, Not that it really fits at all into a civilized uh, culture, what he was, the measure of his passion, if you will. But he was driven by that, as people are, and it happened to be a stormy night as well. Hmm. But there was a um, a famous prostitute named Chintamani who lived across the river, and he made an effort to go and see her in the night, crossing the river by floating on a dead body, not realizing, not thinking it was a log, and then getting to the other side and realizing, well, it was a dead body. Not thinking, what am I doing here? It's raining, pouring. I'm trying to cross a river. I floated on a dead body. I'm a Brahmin. Hmm? What am I doing? He still, he was blinded by his passion and uh, went to the walls of the uh, compound of Chintamani and uh, there was a snake a big snake inside of the halfway in the wall living and his tail was sticking out and he thought it was a rope and grabbed it to pull himself up and of course realized it was I'm grabbing onto a snake and still he catapulted himself over the walls and crashed to the ground hurt himself and her attendants came and brought him to, back to consciousness and she just marveled at his drive to an effort, if you will, you know, knowing the conditions without even knowing, you know, that he grabbed onto a snake, floated on a dead body, and so on and so forth. Those are extras, just in itself, that he would come in a storm like this, risk his life, and for what? She said, for just for a body. Hmm. This is uh, if this only could have effort could have been spent for Krishna and she herself gave up her occupation seeing that hmm, and retired just to do uh, bhajan to Krishna her own words her own just seeing that just you can appreciate the culture of the time that uh, that would strike her like that and and things that she knew about, of course, which were what you're supposed to do, and what life was about, and Krishna's God, and so on and so forth. It just catapulted her into a life of, of bhajan. And it struck him, of course, she wasn't available for him that evening, and, and he went, got initiated by Somagiri, so this is his, considered his Vartma Padarshak guru, the guru who showed the way, the the prostitute. Hmm. And then he took initiation from Somaguri and he arrived, and he went to Vrindavan. He arrived in Vrindavan 
And of course, there Krishna uh, appeared to him, even though he was blind, and he blinded himself, because even though he was an intense devotee by that time, he found himself, uh, the story goes, in a, visiting a Brahmin, and the Brahmin was out, and his wife was there, and he found some just this very slight inkling of attraction for her. And so he asked for her hairpins, which she thought was odd, and gave, and she gave, and he made himself blind, is the story. It's just to emphasize the point. Hmm? Again, one of those odd uh, moments of uh, character in a great devotee, but see how he responded to it very extraordinarily. So he was blind, and Krishna came to him, and and he had conversations with Krishna, trying to catch him and so forth. And so he is the, he is one of his gurus with the peacock feathers and, uh, and Somagiri and and Chintamani. Hmm. He pays the basis of them. So it's, it's a long story, nice story, very inspiring. And uh, he became the great Lila Sukha, Mangala, Thakur, wrote Krishna Karnamrita. All his other books could be thrown away in comparison. And it's a very deep book that in which he is in his bhajan life and longing. The whole book is his longing for uh, attaining the leelas, place a role in the leelas in Madhurya Rasa that he's experiencing internally. So it's similar to, say, Raghunath Das Goswami's Vilap Kusumanjali on the banks of the of the of Radhakund, where he envisions the Leela internally, and then he comes out, writes about it, and so on. So Mila Mangala or Krishna Das Kaviraj, the Chaitanya Das I mentioned, Gopal Bhatta decoding that in their commentaries. So so here anyway he he he. Um, Rupa Goswami cited one of his verses. I suppose many of them could have been cited as examples of longing. But this is a nice one. And he says, I long to see that young Krishna. One of the interesting things about the verse here is it says, Asate mamalochanam braja shishor muttim jagan mohonim. Mohinim, excuse me. So braja shishor murtim. Braja shishor murtim means like Child. Hmm? Murti means form. Braj, so the form of the child Krishna. But this is not about child Krishna. Hmm? So we need the help of great Rasikas to appreciate. Of course, it's obvious. It should be obvious at the same time because we've had the association of such devotees. What is obvious? Well, the Shishu Krishna, childhood Krishna, Kumar Krishna, Krishna Kumar. Hmm? The Kumar Leela is very prominent and a source of uh, a, a Udipana Vibhav for Vatsalya Brasa. The Poganda Leelas of Krishna are, an, are, among other things, an Udipana Vibhav for Sakirasa. And the Kishore Leela of his adolescence is the Udipana Vibhav for Madhurya Rasa. With the Priyanarma Sakas, it, be, it be, begins with the end of the Kumar Leela. Sesh Kumar, excuse me, 
Pogonda Sesh Pogonda and into the Kishore Leela because they're involved in his romantic life. Um, so uh, Shishu, Raja Shishu Murtim would seems to refer to the Kumar Leela, child Krishna in the form of the child of Braj. Hmm? But what do we know about the Kumar Leela of Krishna? Well, one thing we know is he doesn't have his flute yet. Hmm? He got that in his Poganda Leela. Hmm? When he became a cowherd boy, he got his flute. In fact, it's described in Gopal Champu that he got the flute at the time of the, uh, the uh, Govardhan Leela as a gift from Shiva when he, Shiva, and other gods appeared after the chastising of Indra well, the lifting of Govardhan Hill, and then Indra realizing his mistakes and coming to apologize and so forth, he came with uh, uh, Surabi, and of course his elephant and other gods accompanied him to see what would happen. Hmm. Brahma was there, she was there, so forth. And, and uh, Gopal, Jiva Goswami beautifully describes how Krishna separated himself from the cowherd boys for a moment, to deal with the gods, and they all gave him different gifts. Shiva gave him a bamboo flute. Hmm. And when they took off, and, and the boys came and surrounded him, they said, give me that flute, and give me that hat. That hat. <laughs> give me that robe there. You know, uh, All these godly vestments and jewelry and things like this, and off they paraded home, you know, dressed up like gods. And meanwhile, the gods were flying across the sky, looking at the boys and thinking, what? kind of people are these? What? Who are these people? This is the god of gods. He's just been named Govinda, Upendra. Hmm? The god of the god. Indra has named him the god of the gods. And he is the chief of the gods. Indra, that's what it means. Hmm? And uh, we're all paying obeisance, offering him some humble gift, and these kids are taking them out of his hands and using them themselves and, and so on. And they get home, of course, and then Nanda Marsh wants, where did that come from? And Mother Monk says, so some guy with five five faces, you know, and another guy with four heads, another guy with eyes all over his body. They were, you know, praising your uh, your son and stuff like that. And then they just kind of shook their heads. And, oh, yeah, these kids, you know, boys, boys, you can't ask them a straight question. They expect a straight answer. Hmm. And... Uh, they're just celebrate, then they just celebrate, and it's all over. Krishna's the hill has been set back down, and Krishna's back to himself, <laughs> so to speak, with his friends and so on. So, uh, it's a very beautiful uh, description. But anyway, the point is what that uh, in his Kumar Leela, Krishna's not playing a flute, hmm. starts in the Pogonda Leela, hmm. and uh, he's practicing there. And practicing and practicing, and he practices, and he finds out that by blowing the flute, he can make water stop, and he can make land move like water. He can make milk come out of the cow's udders, hmm. uh, and so many magical things. So he, he's practicing, practicing, of course, and he wants to attract the heart of Radha ultimately. So he's able to do this on the Sard Purnim. When gopis came and Radha came, hmm. he said, Jiva Goswami gives a nice chapter in Gopal Champa where every gopi comes except for Radha, and he sends them all back. Sorry. Um, so this is his his 
ideal, that fifth note. This is the romantic note. Mm. It also has uh, tied to hasiras, also to comedy. And, mm. So um, here, this is the subject of this uh, this verse: the desire, as it would be, on the part of Radha, in whose mood, if you will, Baba Bilamangal is trying to follow. Tadbhavichamayi, following in the mood of of Radha, not wanting to be Radha, not wanting to be one of her competitors, but to be an attendant of Radha, a friend of Radha. And um, and among other things, the flute is glorified here. Uh, Radharani is walking, and uh, and she's in, you know, she's she's sitting at a distance. She sees Krishna walking, playing his flute with his whole heart. And notices that the, the the river Jamuna is flowing backwards. What kind of flute playing is this? Hmm? This uh, so uh, his flute playing is involved. So the point is, this is not his Kumar Leela. This is his Madhya Kishore Leela, the middle of his Kishore Leela, which is the time of the Rasa dance, seven years old, hmm? the middle of his adolescence, which only goes to. Eleven and a half or so. Hmm? He's old for his age, mature for his age, so he he passes through the. Typically, the Kumar goes to four to five years old, and Pogonda till ten, and then Kishore will come. But he's a he's a Kishore before that, and he's entering in really the middle of his Kishore age at the time of the Rasalila. Hmm? Oh, it's a very special time, and these are all. This is Madhya Kishore, Shesh Kishore, Adi Kishore. These are all described in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. Hmm. Um, so, uh, so Gopal Goswami says here. Oh, he, he yes. The point here is that as a child, he was very mischievous, and what's being pointed out here by using this phrase. Mm-hmm. is that in his Madhikishore Leela, he carries that mischievousness with him as well. Mm-hmm. It plays out a little differently in his romantic life, but he is as he didn't, in other words, outgrow his mischievousness mm-hmm. in his adolescence and become a you know a, a perfect. Uh, Gentleman. I mean, he is a gentleman, but but he's very uh, uh, mischievous at the same time. It speaks in in uh, coded language, and uh, you got to watch him very carefully. Indeed, his eyes are mentioned here. They're very beautiful. His eyes are very beautiful. His eyebrows are thick, and they're bow shaped, like the bow. His lashes are described as being very thick also. And, and, and they're like like the string. Hmm? So when he opens his eyes, the string of the bow, represented by his arrows, shoots the... Excuse me, the bow, the eyebrows representing the bow, the lashes representing the string. He opens his eyes and he shoots the arrows, Pushpabanaya. Hmm? His glance then uh, captivates uh, 
the senses of everyone, hmm? all of them. Hmm? Yeah. <laughs> so there's a beautiful uh, uh, picture of his attractive nature. When Mahaprabhu, hmm, um, in Chaitanya Charitamrita, the last chapters of Chaitanya Charitamrita, from 14 to 19, all these types of moods, types of that you'll find in in um, Krishna Karnamrita, in Chandidasa's books, in Govinda Lilamrita, and Jagannath Balabhanataka of Ramananda Roy. These 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 books are cited by Srup Damodar and Ramananda Roy to Mahaprabhu. Krishna Karnamrita is cited one, two, three, four. I think five different verses are cited in Chaitanya Charitamrita in these later chapters, and they're augmenting the mood of. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. With regard to the flute playing here, hmm? this is Krishnas Kaviraj Goswami describes this as a, in his commentary as a verse that, where Radha is longing to hear the flute playing. Mahaprabhu is, is asks Sarupadana to say some things, and he quotes from the tenth canto of the Bhagavatam, twenty ninth chapter, the beginning of the Raslila, maybe the fortieth verse, and the gopis are responding hmm, to. In that beginning chapter, they all come, of course, in the middle of the night, and then they Krishna says why they shouldn't be there, and then they respond to all of his reasoning. It's a beautiful chapter, and with regard to you know, it's against the dharma, you know, for you to be here. There's many reasons why, but uh, this is a, a basic thrust, and the gopis reply something like, "Don't blame us." Don't blame us for following the dar- for not following the Dharma. Hmm? And what is Dharma anyway? Hmm? Dharma is Sangsudir Haritoshanam, whatever pleases Hari. And we see that you yourself are very pleased by your flute. Hmm? You very, take a lot of pleasure in that. You play that flute and you just get caught up in that and it overwhelms you itself. So what to speak of us? being overwhelmed. We're just following the flute. Hmm? You say, why aren't we following the Dharma? We're following the flute. You follow the flute. The flute gives you pleasure. Hmm? The measure of Hari's pleasure determines how dharmic any particular activity is. And they say this with some anger. Hmm? You're questioning our Dharma. Don't question us. We're just following your flute. Hmm? And who cannot follow your flute? And such is the nature of the flute, and so forth and so on. And still you want to blame us. Hmm? So they, they chastise him. He likes this very much. Mm-hmm. Hmm? See there. They, 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 the, 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 when, the, when the wives of the Brahmins wanted to stay with Krishna, he also argued with them that they should go back, and they went back. Hmm? With the gopikas, he argued they should go back. And they didn't go back. They wouldn't go back. Hmm. So, in the Kumar, this, or excuse me, in the Madhya um, uh, Kishore age, then um, Krishna is, of course, uh, very attractive. There's a nice verse uh, I'm reminded of in Bhaktivarasamrita Sindhu, where this it would be in the, the uh, second section. What is it? The southern section, describing the Vibhavs, describing the youth uh, and the, the different ages and how they are 
stimuluses or deepna bibabs for rasa and so forth. Hmm. There it's mentioned that gopi speaking, hmm, like Radha speaking. Uh, oh, and Krishna is the the sun in the sky. Krishna is like the appeared like the sun in the sky, hmm. and 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 I, my heart is like the Surya Kanta money. Surya Kanta, Surya Kanta money means the jewel money that is has a kind of a, a romantic relationship with Surya, with the sun. Hmm? That is that that is attracted to the sun. Hmm? And so this that's in the sky, this the sun of Krishna has risen and the Surya Kanta of my, my heart is being drawn in by that uh, this is describing his beauty, actually, by his beauty in this age, and 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 the 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 moon, with the appearance of the sun, is being driven out, hmm? and and the moon in this represents dharma, which is cooling, which cools passions. Dharma cools passions, but what they're experiencing is is heat. The heart, the, the gem of my heart is like a Surya Kantan, it's heating up and turning into a fire and red clouds are going in the sky. Hmm? Hmm? And, and, and meanwhile, the, 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 the sun is chasing away the moon as it does with its rising and my intelligence, which is nourished by Dharma, right, to do the right thing and so forth, is wilting in the, the lily of my intelligence is wilting in the absence of the moon from which it's nourished in the presence of the sun and this is what this uh, Madhyam Kumar Krishna does to young girls like us what can be done these are the kind of feelings that I'm going to say that Bilva Mangal Thakur is going through the kind of verses he's thinking of hmm? and uh, the, the aspirations of the of the gopikas and so forth that they are all he's absorbed in this is coming to his mind and hmm, and uh, and, and he pens this um, uh, uh, beautiful verse that Rupa Goswami is cited as an example of the longing hmm, of uh, the characteristic of one just getting the sprout of Bhava Bhakti hmm. so any question? Yes. Um, what about any longing that we may, or greed we might have for serving Guru, uh, longing to be with him and serve him? It's good. Yeah. Developing part of the process. Yeah, yeah. Guru Nishta, and yeah, that's where, where we should focus our attention, really. That's where Krishna is coming to us more than anywhere else. So, of course, we don't have romantic you know, uh, longings, and, and we have more in terms of dasya bhakti hmm, in relation to the guru and so forth. But yes, that's that's a good sign. That's appropriate, right? We all have that. What else? Was there some kind of longing? In at one point, you mentioned um, talking about the difference. Indeed, it will carry. I want to follow my guru. Hmm. I want to long to be like my guru. Inside and outside. That's the natural course, right? So any longing for Krishna 
generally corresponds with the longing of the guru for a relationship with Krishna. This is the normal course. Do you follow? Mm-hmm. So. And you mentioned um, you were talking about Vaidhi as opposed to Raghavati. Is there any kind of longing in Vaidhi or the real? In Bhava. In the Vaidhi Bhakti, it has some, some longing, some. Mm, for attainment, uh, but it, it's not as uh, we don't we don't. It's all it's all dasya bhakti, hmm? or shanta bhakti. So you're not going to have the kind of romantic longing, or the, the you know the longing even that a, that a mother has for her kids, or a friend for a friend. It, it's very, and even the dasya bhakti of Golok in Vrindavan is has some, typically some sakya influence as well. Hmm? The Das the Dasi Bhaktas of 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 uh, Goloka are also they're like they're like uh, servants of the household. But it's not like the Dasya Bhakti of Vaikuntha, Om Narayana not Om Krishna, you know. But that's their service. Their servants is their service in the household, for example, of Nanda Maharaj. So this um, this is, uh, um, but the Bhava here is 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 a description that's not um, uh, only restricted to Raghunuga Bhakti. Hmm? He hasn't made that point. He said then there's a Bhava Bhakti. He'll say it. There's Bhava Bhakti for for Rag and there's Bhava Bhakti for Vaikuntha. Hmm? So the goal of uh, Vaidhi Bhakti is like Yeah, or it can be Dwarka. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But not Goloka. Matura. Well, that's Goloka. Mm-hmm. Goloka has three basic divisions Dwarka, Matura, and Gokul. Vrindavan, Svetadvip. Mm-hmm. So that's our ideal. Mm-hmm. What else? So these nine symptoms, then they're all going to be present in sadhana, but just it's a matter of degree, right? Mostly in sadhana bhakti, this is about bhava bhakti. I don't know, but these nine symptoms. There can be some, yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to have some forbearance. You have to have some detachment. <laughs> you have to have some longing. But it comes to characterize the devotees. Alright, Shri Sri Gaurada Madhava Ki Jai, Sarva Goswami Prabhupada Ki Jai, Sri Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada Ki Jai, Jyotsakshidhar Dev Goswami Maharaj Ki Jai, Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur Prabhupada Ki Jai, Bhakti Vinod Paribar Ki Jai, Gaur Bhakta Brinda Ki Jai, Gaur Premanande. Divine Grace, Bhakti Vedanta Chakrai Swami Prabhupada Ki Jai,